Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Hey y'all, good morning, good morning. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Hey Nia, good morning Vanessa. Thank you for that Vanessa. Good morning Kirby, good morning Tammy, good morning Shania. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Y'all, good morning. Hey, Katina. I'm getting in my vitamins and my protein. If you don't know, I am a born-again vegetarian. (laughs) I've been a vegetarian for a little bit, over two years. This is my, maybe almost going into my third it's my third round. I was vegan for a while, but I like dairy too much. Um, but I'm a vegetarian with a strong vegan lean. That's what I like to call it. I'm a vegetarian with a... Good morning, Deshauna. Good morning, Deshannon. Good morning, Cherie. Hey, auntie. I'm a, a vegetarian with a strong vegan lean. So when I can eat vegan, I eat vegan. So before I do anything else, I get protein in. Overall, I try to eat healthy. Sweets are my issue most times. Hey, Savannah. Hey, beautiful. Um, Who is amazing already. Hey, Shanquita. Good morning. Good morning. We got a brand new, I don't know, brand new day. Y'all ready? You getting it in? Hey, Monica. Hey, Cynthia. Good morning, Jamaica. Judah. Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, Stephanie, good morning, good morning, Thea. Y'all do me a favor, share the video. I'm getting ready to share. I will not do anything. Good morning, Joyce. Before, I won't drink anything or eat anything until I've had my protein. You have to know your body. My body tends to um, crave um um my body tends to crave protein crave sweets if i haven't had enough protein i'm sharing the video so i always make sure i get protein in my body first and then everything else um oh that's awesome meredith um everything else kind of is the follow-up behind that um and then I make sure, some of y'all are like, why are we talking about this? Because I'm sharing the video and I want to talk about something interesting while I share the video. And then I make sure that I, um, I make sure that I eat um, a good breakfast. Like 
I believe in a good breakfast and that works for me. Um, when I was going through my loss, weight loss journey, which was like about um, for the last few years or lifestyle changes, one of the things that I noticed was breakfast did it for me. And so I needed something. And as you get older, you can realize this, like I needed something to kickstart my metabolism early in the morning. And um, what I found was um, breakfast works better than ignoring breakfast. So I don't miss breakfast. I don't just like, I don't like missing the word in the morning. I just do not like missing breakfast because it works for me. It did it for me. It did it for me. And I am one of those people who believe in being spirit, soul, and body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and it is your job, your job, your job to manage your body. Sometimes we'll be praying and asking God to do supernatural things for us. And we're not doing what we need to do for um, our own bodies. Like we believe in God for all of this, but we're not doing what we need to do for our own bodies. Um, when I lost the 60, 70 pounds, everybody's like, how'd you do that? And it was water walking and diet like it wasn't it was just lifestyle changes and i began to live in those and when i began to live in those it just changed who i was like it changed everything and i will tell anybody it started from the inside out first my relationship with god was my first focus and then after my relationship with god everything else began to transform because when you know what the word says um and jesus has come in and accepted jesus is you accept jesus christ as lord and savior then what happens next is jesus died for you so then what you begin to do is you begin to die woo, to things that are not <laughs> of god of god's will for your life that is one of the hardest transformations to go through because many of us um don't get that like we accept jesus christ as lord and savior and then the next part of this is that i begin to die to my will Ooh, come on i gotta die to my will can we put that in the comments today like i have to die to my will and it's supposed to all be in alignment it's supposed to all be in balance and what usually happens is um we are strong in one area and not strong in another Ooh, so we might be strong emotionally but not strong good morning champ but not more strong spiritually and not strong in other things. So I have to die to my will. Once I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then my responsibility is I have to die to my will. And that's probably one of the hardest things to do um, because we have justifications for how we live. Um, sometimes we live according to, um, I don't know what's up with this hair today. Sometimes we live according to um, experiences, trauma, life, all this other stuff. Um, and nobody ever really told me, thank you, Sharice, for saying this is encouraging. Nobody really ever told me that, like, once I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then the responsibility for me is I have to die to my will. And then 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done is what has to take precedent in my life. And that's one of the hardest things to do. I was talking to somebody yesterday that was asking me about dealing with the spirit. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray about invitation. You know, this coffee and conversations, we conversate on here. Um, well, we get the word of God, but there's got to be some conversation, right, as well. I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were like, how do I get rid of the spirit of offense? And I was like, man, um, let me share this with you because this is one of the areas that I can give you wise counsel on because I live with the spirit of offense. It is hard to give wise counsel on something you haven't fought or bravely fought yet. Um, a lot of times we love to give advice on things we don't live or have not experienced and wise counsel comes when I've been through it. And then I can tell you and share with you the things that um, the experiences I had, the wisdom that I applied and how it turned out for me. So we want to gain and gather wise counsel, wisdom first from the, the Lord, right? We get wisdom first from the Lord and then we gain wise counsel. We're getting counsel from people who have some experience, some experience in what we've been through. That's deep, right? That's where we get wise counsel from from people who have had some real deep experience. Um, I was listening to T.D. Jakes and he was saying somebody was writing a book on marriage, but they had only been married like three years, right? Like, so that, 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 that you, that's just not enough time or not a vested hour. Um, there's a theory that after 10,000 hours, you can be considered a pro or a professional, right? And so, um, we want to gain wise counsel from people who we know that um, have been through some things and experienced some things, but also who have overcome, right, or are overcoming that that thing. So that's how we that's how we gain. We get the game. We gain. We get the wise counsel as well, so that we can be successful in the things. So when I share about my weight loss journey, it's because I walked in this wisdom. And then what you do when we looking at wise counsel is you turn around and then you take the information and Lord, how do I apply this to my life? Because yours may have to be tweaked just a little bit to fit your circumstance or to fit your situation. Um, I've never been through a divorce, so it's hard for me to give wise counsel about a divorce. I can't give you wise counsel about marriage because I've done it through to death do you part. And I went through some rough things and I can talk to you about um, sticking and staying. And I can talk to you about what happens when you want to leave and uh, God will give you your second win. Like a lot of times I talk about my late marriage and I don't like everybody doesn't hear all my journey. It only comes out when the Holy Spirit leads. But like one time I was going to leave. I mean, I was. I was tired. I was done. It was over with. We were in some financial pressures. It was just a lot. It was a lot of caregiving for my husband. And um, I was going to leave. And I had a very deep conversation with him. And I said, um, I don't think I can do this anymore. I told this to Josiah the other day. I was like, did I ever tell you about the time that I was going to leave dad? And um, I said, um, I had this very deep conversation with him. It was a very hard place. I think we were at the 10th year in our marriage and it was just a very hard place in our marriage. 
And I looked him in his face and I had a conversation with him. And I told this to my counselor as well. I was in therapy at the time. And I told this to my counselor as well. And I said, like, hey, you know, I don't know that I can do this. It was funny, too, how her response was. But I look at him and I say to him, I say, um, I said to him, I said, hey, you know, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. This is hard. Um, this is difficult. And I don't know that I necessarily can continue to do. And I just began to tell him all the things that I was feeling and all the things that I was going through. And I just began to share with him. And the thing that I love that he did for me was one, he put me in a very, he let me, he always allowed me to be able to, and it was something we did for each other, which I think every relationship needs. Every relationship needs this. He allowed me and we allowed each other a very safe place to talk. Like that was the thing that we committed. And that takes a commitment. We allowed each other a safe place to talk without judgment. We allowed a safe place for us to be able to have a conversation with each other. Um, and that always did very deep things in our relationship, very deep things in our marriage, right? The allowing of the safe place to have a conversation. And because we allowed each other a safe place to have a conversation without judgment, free from thought, free from trying to say what you feel like I'm saying, then when I was in this hard space, I was able to go to him and say to him, um, hey, I don't think I can do this any longer. And he listened to my heart and he listened to all the things that I was struggling with. And then he simply did this for me and it was so powerful, right? And it was a good life lesson for me because then I could take myself um, at a little further. And he turned around and he said to me, he said, I get it. He said, this is hard. This has been hard. And if you decide that you need to walk out the door and you cannot do this any longer, then what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to let you go. He said, but then what I'm also going to do is I'm going to turn around and I'm going to protect you. I will not let any person say anything bad or crazy about you because you have given me the best 10 years of your life. And when he said this to me, I sat and I looked at him and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, oh my God. And he just simply said, turns around. And I said, oh my God, I said, you love me way more than I love you, right? He says, way, you love me way more than I love you. And then he looks at me and he says, absolutely, like Christ loves the church. Ah! <laughs> who, who wouldn't stay after then? Like, who wouldn't stay after then? He loves me. He loves me. I love you like Christ loves the church. And it feels like when we had that conversation, that I just tended, I just got my second win. Like I just got my second win. And he was like, yeah, I love you like Christ loves the church. Like I'm supposed to love you this way. I'm supposed to love you like Christ loves the church. And then I was able to gain and grab my second win. Now that does not mean the struggle of the situation went away. Woo! That does not mean the struggle of the situation. The struggle was very present, but what happened for me next was I needed to get, like, I had to stay in wise counsel. I had to put myself into a, um, I had to put myself in a place where um, 
Um, I recognized what was going on with me. And one of the things that was going on with me, I need a wisdom. Remember, we've been working on this thing about the wisdom in James that comes from above. I needed a wisdom for what needed to happen next. Like I needed a wisdom for what needed to happen next. And this is my story. This is my journey. This is what happened. Um, this has to happen from a mature place. Um, it happened and worked well because my husband was a man of God and I was a woman of God, right? And so then um, that, this, I guess this is what the Holy Spirit needed me to share this morning. We're going to keep sharing. We're going to keep talking. We're going to pray in just a second. And so then I had to take um, I had to go. I had. I was seeing a therapist at the time because my anxiety was very high. And I told her how I was feeling. I was like, man, I was getting ready to leave. And she was like, you were not getting ready to leave. And I said, yes, I was. And she said, no, you weren't. She said, you just needed to have um, a conversation that where she's like, nobody leaves. She said, the way you're built and designed, nobody would leave anybody in a crisis, in a medical crisis. Because at that time, we hadn't told anybody Um um, we hadn't told anybody, but his liver had began to go into failure. And she was like, you are not getting ready to leave him sick. And she was right. But I was in a high pressured situation um, that was pulling on me emotionally. And the high pressure situation that pulled on me emotionally is going to make you do two things. It's going to make you flight or it's gonna make you fight. It's our normal, natural nature. And when I say fight, we fight to stay, we fight to um, be there, or we we fight within the house, or then it's gonna make you flight, and it's gonna make you scared, and it's, make, it's gonna make you run, and it's gonna put you in a place um, that you're not going to be whatever. So James 5 and 16, therefore confess your sins or your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect, right? And so I confessed. I came and I confessed to him. I came and I confessed and he gave me the wisdom that I needed for the next step and for what happened. But the, the beginning of what I needed had to start with a confession. Ah, my God. Like the beginning of what I needed had to start to begin with where I was. It could not begin with a lie. It could not be fluffed up. It could not be puffed up. Like it had to begin exactly with where I was, right? And unfortunately, we live in a society that has taught us, oh, you got to fake it till you make it. But in all reality and truth, transparency and vulnerability is really what's going to save and transform any situation. Now, let me say this, um, because I've never been divorced. I've never been in different. I've never been in like abusive relationships. I've never been. My spouse did not cheat on me. So I can't advise you from that place of what road you're supposed to take. But I can tell you that it begins with where you are. Woo! Come on. It begins. And so even in the scripture, when he's talking about confess your faults, we already taught on this. I don't want to go back to this. When it talks about confess your faults, another way to think of confess your faults is I need to talk to you about really where I am. And unfortunately, because we live in a society that teaches us that we're to be super, super Christians. And after we're super Christians um, and we just got it all together that we don't have any faults or we don't have any issues or we don't have and we need to appear to be strong. Like that's the that's where we are. Like we need to appear to be strong. 
And that's not what the word says at all. As a matter of fact, he says, you receive my power in your weakness. So when I shared and confessed um, with where I was, then that's when the power of God could enter my life and transform the situation and give me the wisdom that I needed um, and give me the power and the strength I needed to persevere. Perseverance means continual grace till the end. Vanessa, I love that. Vanessa says, begins at where you are. It does. Healing begins where you are. And um, it takes time. Um, it takes wisdom. Um, and it takes um, it takes patience. And it takes the guidance of the Lord. And can I tell you something? Because um, I need to be for real about this. Um, there are private battles that you fight that nobody may ever know. It may not be for uh, mainstream media. It may not be that you share with everybody. It may be that you share maybe with one person later, like for real. Or maybe, but this is because this, this is the call of my life, right? This is the place that the Lord has place me to put these things before you, right? So that we can eat together, right? But um, it may be that this private battle you fight, it never becomes public or mainstream, but it's a victory that you hold. And in the right place, in the right season, in the right time, there will be a person that you share it with. And I'm saying this for you because there's nothing that you go through that God won't get the glory out of. And it may not even be necessarily that it's shared again with someone else, right? It may just be that you are more steadfast in your relationship with God because every test that we go through is so that we can um, draw closer to God. Like God loves us to be so independent. I mean, so dependent upon him. So there's a wisdom that can come. There's a wisdom that can come from above. There's a wisdom. Um, yes, sir. I hear you. There's a wisdom that God will give us continuously and faithfully. We just need to tap into that wisdom. And don't forget that wise counsel is a part of the bigger picture. I need wise counsel. I need. I might need wise counsel on this thing. And remember, when we're looking for wise counsel, we're looking for someone who has been there, who has experienced, who has um, um, uh, who has changed, who has been through some things, and to watch the hand of God. Um, just watch the hand of God in the circumstance, in the situation, and to con continue to show up, my God, and just continue to show up. So this morning, I want to pray something specific um, that the Lord gave me about praying against the spirit of intimidation. And it's funny because I was watching something this morning, and um, it was just a clip, and it was talking about this, the spirit of intimidation, the fact that Ephesians tells us we wrestle against principalities, against powers of darkness. Um, and I want to define what intimidation means. Y'all know I like a good definition. I want to find what in intimidation means. And then we're going to pray against the spirit of intimidation because um, because it doesn't like the power that the in, in enemy tries to 
place or put over us to make us think our circumstances, our situations, like he does not have this kind of power. Like he just does not have this kind of power. He does not have this final power. So I want to define what intimidation is first. And then we're going to pray against the spirit of intimidation, right? We're going to pray. And we got to remember, we got to track over to Ephesians 6. I'm looking for it. Y'all, I got 30 Bibles up here. I'm looking for a specific Bible. We got to track over to Ephesians 6. And we're going to remind ourselves today, right? We're going to remind ourselves, I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. Come on. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. We got to remind ourselves. We're wrestling against a principality. We're wrestling against a stronghold. This is what the word says. And so many, because things things assert itself like in the flesh, right? So many times because things assert itself in the flesh, we focus so much on the flesh. We focus so much on the flesh. But what's really happening for us is happening in the spirit, right? It's a trick. It's the devil's evil trick. That's what it is. It's an evil trick. And if he can place an evil trick against your mind to intimidate you, then you will think you have no power in Christ Jesus. We don't have power in ourselves. We have power in Christ Jesus. The point of intimidation is for you to lose momentum, to lose your ground, to lose footing, to make you unsure, to make you unstable, to make you second guess God, um, to make you question everything around you. That's the point of intimidation. Like it's it's the point. Of, so from this point on, whatever or whoever looks like they're the person that's been getting at you, that's not who you fighting against. Woo! Come on. Like for real, like for real. The whole point, I hear you, Holy Spirit, is for you to lose ground and lose momentum. That whatever that person is, Judah, whatever that person is, that's not who you're fighting against. Whatever the entity is, that's not who you're fighting against. Um, and this may not be what you're going through right now. This may be what's coming. So you've already got a word that's richly deposited. Even if it's not right now, it's your coming, right? So you're not fighting. We got to register in that head. I'm not fighting with the woman. Like sometimes I see people get into fights in grocery stores. You're not fighting with the person at Walmart. It's a principality. You're not fighting against your husband. It's a principality. It's a stronghold. It's a it's a darkness. You're not fighting against your kids. It's a principality. It's a stronghold. It's a darkness. Like we have got to get in a position to recognize that what is fighting against us is not a person. It's not, and it's not even yourself. Like it's not even yourself. Like the, the struggles that you've been having against yourself is not against yourself. It's a principality. It's a stronghold. It's a darkness. It's something that wants to slow down your momentum and intimidate you and keep you from walking into the fullness of who you got called, called to be. In Christ Jesus, right? So I'm going to read this to you. And this is in the New Century Version. It says, finally, <laughs> be strong in the Lord and his great power. This is why admitting your weaknesses, um, standing in the place where you're weak, standing in the place um, where you don't have enough, standing in the place where you admit your faults one to, get one to another is so important because what's going to happen is you're going to receive 
an exchange of power. Woo! My God, can we put that in our comments and our notes today? Lord, I need your power. Like, Lord, I need your power. Lord, I need your power. No, Stacy, you're not fighting against people. It's a principality, right? Um, you're not fighting me. Yeah, Jess said something big. The darkness speaks in first pronouns. The darkness speaks from a place of authority as if it is familiar. Because here's the thing you also need to know, right? The spirit of familiarity. Um, dark principalities, Satan, satanic text, this stuff, they it's a study out process, right? The enemy studies your weaknesses. The enemy studies what, what you won't surrender to God. The enemy studies um, what you won't give over to God. The enemy studies what you try to do in your own strength. Like the enemy studies those things. Like he's very strategic in watching where, where, where God is not in your life. He's very strong in studying where God is not present, what you won't yield, what you won't surrender to God. He's very strong in studying those. So um, you need your power. Like you need his power. So in Ephesians, when he's saying, finally, be strong in the Lord and the great power, put on the full armor of God so that you can fight against the devil tricks. Our fight is not against, um, uh, our fight is not against people on earth but against the rulers and authorities and the power of this world's darkness against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. And I, and this may be hard for you to conceive because you ain't never seen no devil, right? And because you ain't never seen no devil, but you've seen people. You've seen people who are evil. You've seen people who are ugly. You've seen people who are mean. You've seen a government that has failed you. Lex, Judah, you've seen a government that has failed you. You've seen um, circumstances or situations in which you can look real tangible. It's difficult for you to, to conceive that this is a principality behind the scene, but the word of God is true. It's, valid. it's, it's trusted. You can trust that you're not working or walking or moving or dealing with, even though it looks like a person, you're really dealing with a principality. So this is why we put on the full armor of God, which is our salvation breastplate righteousness. I did a whole study on the armor of God, right? So this is why you need to put on God's full armor, right? So that you can stand strong with the belt of truth tied around your waist. When I am girded with truth, when I am girded with truth, when I am girded with truth, yep, Joyce, the enemy is illusion. When I am girded with truth, then I can properly deal with the principality because I understand that the principality and the stronghold and the thing that I'm wrestling against really ain't got no authority over me. It doesn't. It really doesn't have authority. All my authority and power has been given in Christ Jesus. It's in Christ Jesus. Everything that I need is in Jesus. Every Like everything that I need is in Jesus. It's not in man. It's not in myself. It's not in flesh. Judah! <laughs> Everything that I need is in Christ Jesus. Everything that I need. Y'all give me just a second. Lex has come and set in my foot. Everything that I need is in. He's about to take the camera down. Everything that I need is in Christ Jesus. Like absolutely everything. And so if everything that I need is in Christ Jesus, then the only way that I'm going to deal and fight this battle properly is from a wisdom that can only come from God. It's a wisdom that can only come from above. And so what wisdom does for me is it takes away intimidation. 
It takes away. It's okay. It takes away. Give me a bone. It takes away the power of intimidation. It takes away. Um, it takes away the power of the enemy who thinks um, that he has control over me. It takes away um, the battles in my mind that says um, I won't win this fight. It takes away. Um, it takes. It leverages things, and what I need is leverage in the word. So when we deal with this spirit of intimidation today, what we're doing today, when we pray away the spirit of intimidation, when we take authority of the spirit of intimidation today, what we're saying today is, you know what? (laughs) Sucker, you ain't got no power over me. Like, sucker, you ain't got no power over me. Like, you ain't got no say, you ain't got no power. You're not going to keep intimidating me. So I told you what intimidation looks like spiritually, right? I told you what intimidation looks like spiritually. Let me tell you what intimidation is because this is what you're praying away. When I'm being intimidated, the goal of intimidation is to frighten someone, you. That's the goal of intimidation, to frighten you, my God, to frighten you. And the um, point in which he wants to frighten you is because you do then what he wants you to do. Satan always has a plan for you to fall away from spiritual truth, from the authority that's been given in you in Christ Jesus. So the point of intimidation is to frighten you so that you do what I want you to do, which is not live according to faith. Y'all, come on. Come on. This good. This good. If I can frighten you, if I can intimidate you, then what you're going to do is you're not going to live according to faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's Hebrews, I think, what, 11 and 6 or whatever. So without faith, it's impossible. So the goal of intimidation is that you are frightened, (laughs) that you are terrified, that you are scared, that you are alarmed. Come on now. That you are discouraged, that you are unnerved, that you feel threatened. The point of intimidation is so that to to browbeat you, um, those thoughts that have gone over and over again in your head um, that continue to consume you. The point of intimidation is to plague you, um, to tyrannize you, to oppress you, to push you around, to lean on, to railroad you. Intimidation is like bullying. My God intimidation is like bullying intimidation is like bullying intimidation is like bullying bullying that's what it is intimidation is without is like bullying that's the whole point of it to bully you into a position so you will not move so you will lose momentum so you will feel discouraged Another thing that intimidation tries to do is to push you into a position to get you outside your flock. Yep, comes at you at every angle, Miss Williams. The other point of intimidation is to get you outside your flock. If I can intimidate you, if I can beat you up, if I can browbeat you, if I can get you into a run, and it's in your mind, if I can get you into erroneous thoughts, into wrong thinking, then what happens is, you will start operating outside your flock. And what do I mean by operating outside your flock? We all got a tribe. We all got, you'll start doing things on your own. Um, It will present shiny things 
outside of the place of where God had called you, wherever you're supposed to assemble your people, your community, it'll intimidate you and it'll produce shiny things or things that it looks like, oh, these are the people over here that support you, even though they may be supporting you with wrong motives. And when it pulls you outside your flock, then what happens is you like to live the zeal. And it'll justify, it can come strong as some word. Remember, the enemy knew the word. Um, if I pull you outside your flock, if I pull you outside your processes, if I make you feel more important than your career, than you do in your spiritual. If I make you feel more important in your career than you do in your spiritual life, if I make you feel um, more important or loved by a particular person, it is persuasive. It is so persuasive because it always offers an alternative to you that is not God's very best for you. Always offers an opportunity to you that is God's second best and that is not God's very best for you. So we have to deal with intimidation, recognize intimidation, present it before our father, even saying to ourselves, you know what? I have been um, intimidated. I'm intimidated. I feel intimidated. I feel insecure. I, 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 feel, I feel fearful. I feel worried. Um, I'm anchored. And then it also causes you to be anchored in the wrong thing. Like, right? These are real life processes. These are real life processes. And if you've never dealt with intimidation before, then you can be seduced in the fact, or you may have been dealing with it all your life, then you can be seduced in the fact to think that you're in the right space at the right time, dealing with the right things, when in fact, in truth, you've been intimidated <laughs> by the enemy and then you're living in erroneous thinking that's outside God's will. So I needed to give you that. So look, today we're standing steadfast in praying against the spirit of intimidation and breaking those strongholds off our lives so that we can walk boldly in the truth of God's words. First Corinthians 2.14 tells us this will not make sense to your flesh. <laughs> this will not make sense to your flesh. But those of us that are in Jesus Christ are not supposed to be led by flesh anyway. We're supposed to be led by the spirit, right? So whatever it is, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that has entangled us, that has intimidated us, that has confused us, that has driven our decisions, we break that stronghold off our life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we drive away every force of darkness, every demonic spirit that has tried to keep us in repetitive cycles, Lord God. And we silence the voice of the enemy in our head. And Lord God, we present our hearts before you as your sons and daughters. Some of us have been so afraid to move when you say move. Some of us have been so afraid to speak when you say speak. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that the spirit of intimidation has broken off our lives. We receive your power. We receive your strength. We receive your grace and we receive your mercy. Now, Father God, we thank you that we become bold and courageous. In Jesus name, amen. May you be bold and courageous. If you logged in late, go back and get this. Go back and get this. This was a foundational world 
word of principles, my God, that will bring you into right standing with God and who you are in Christ Jesus. You are not to walk around here intimidated because also when the enemy is intimidating you, like it just paralyzes you. You are not to walk around here intimidating, intimidated by people, intimidated by your assignment, intimidated by purpose or intimidated by the word. Because another thing that he'll do is he'll make you intimidated by the word of God um, and leave you in a position and space um, where you're not receiving God's best because he'll always position you to make you think you're not good enough. When Jesus seals your righteousness, you don't seal your righteousness. Oh my God. Father God, I thank you for this word this morning. I thank you for the encouragement this morning. I thank you, Father God, for the ability to stand still. And I want to say, yes, sir. Um, and like, stop watching other people. <laughs> stop. And what I mean by stop watching other people, like stop watching what you think is deep in or on someone else's life like you don't know they process it and just I, i'm just being just helpful to those who may not understand this and stop um stop um because because people will appear deep i used to do that i used to want to appear deep like but now that i've gotten older i realize my words need to be really few <laughs> like my words are few like my words are really few Stop watching other people because they post certain ways or write certain things or seem to always be in church or seem to always be in this certain place. You have got to stop because what happens is when I'm watching other people um, and I'm not sure of my righteousness and the enemy is already playing head games with me, then I'll never think I can obtain or achieve. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. And it doesn't mean that you don't have mentors or wise counsel. That's not what I'm saying. When my husband and my late husband and I first got together, I did not pray like he prayed. And this man could pray, like he could go to prayer. And it seemed like I could only pray for three minutes. And one day I was just like, Lord, I'll never be there. Like, I don't even understand this depth of prayer. But his prayer life was governed by the pain in his life. I'm going to fall out. I got to get out of here. His prayer life was governed by the pain in his life. Um, he was born with sickle cell anemia. He was in pain most every day of his life. So his prayer life was governed by the pain in his life. And so what I was seeing on his life, um, the oil that I thought I saw was actually a result of everything that he had been through, right? And I'm going to be honest with you. I had been through some things, but I had not been remembered. Um, when I, when he and I got married, I had just not too long got baptized and had a real encounter with Jesus. I had been through some things, but I had not been through some things. <laughs> I had not been through the things that this man had been through. And so what I was seeing in the evidence of his prayer life was because of the things that he had, had been through. Like he had been through so much, like he had been through so much. And because he had been through so much, right? Um, the evidence of that was evident in his life. So the level that I was seeing him pray, the level I was seeing him draw to the word, and I'm grateful for this because it would change the trajectory of my life. And instead of me trying to be like him, I watched and ate off his fruit 
And then his later on that transformed my life. He was really planting seeds just by being the example. And as soon as I got out of, as soon as I got out of, stopped comparing myself to him. Yeah, somebody say comparison is a thief. As soon as I stopped comparing myself to him and recognized the beautiful grace and gift that God was giving me through him and started just kind of watching. Because here's the other thing that comparison will do. When you are comparing yourself, and if you got insecurity, fear, anxiety, and all these other things, then what will dangerously be led, you'll be you'll start despising the gift that is before you. Woo! I, I'm just, can I help somebody this morning? You'll start despising the gift that is before you. Because he was a gift for to me. He was a gift. Like, so you'll start despising the gift that is before you when you're comparing or when insecurity is there, spirit of intimidation is there, offense is there, you'll start despising the gift that is before you, right? Because the Lord placed him in my life for a significant reason. Like because of him, this is why coffee and conversation is here. You'll start despising the gift that's before you. And so as I was watching his prayer life and watching this intensity with God, because I didn't understand that the enemy was at a greater work, at some moments, I'd start despising the gift and started trying to figure out and find everything that was wrong with him instead of receiving and eating the fruit of the tree. <laughs> and instead of eating the fruit off the tree and just watching, but that was because the, the enemy had already planted a thought in my head. I could never be this deep. I could never go this far. And I didn't realize that the depth and what I was seeing and witnessing on his life was because of the sacrifices that he made in prayer and because of the pain that had been evident in his life. So when I say stop watching other people, I'm not saying don't eat off anybody else's tree. I'm saying if it's pulling you to a space that you're watching a person and you're starting to be critical of their prayer life or the ministry or how they study or whatever else, you got to change the channel in your head because you'll despise the gift before you and won't tap properly into that gift. Had I not repositioned my heart in the Holy Spirit, and what happened was the Lord led me on a journey where I had to study 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 8 so that he could deal with my love walk in my heart, right? And so as he began to deal with my love walk in my heart, how I began to look at him was differently. I started looking at him through the love of God and realizing in my own household, this was not my enemy, Woo! but intimidation, insecurity, fear, and all those stuff had planted a thought to make me think that this was my enemy. Woo! That make me think that was, and, and at that time, Tina, I didn't even know what my gifts were. I didn't understand who I was. I didn't know my gifts. I didn't, I didn't always had this divine understanding. So that wasn't even a factor with me, right? So um, just chew on that. Let, let's pray. Let's chew, let's chew on that. Father God, in the name of Jesus, uh, thank you for your word this morning that reminds us, that transforms us. Um, let us govern our conversations accordingly throughout this day. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot this morning. Chew on this. You might want to replay this. You may, you may need to get to the podcast channel and listen to this. Um, these are the things that, yes, Lord, thank you for generational blessings over our life. These are the things that break generational curses and produce generational blessings. 
and change the trajectory of our lives in the generations after us because most of us didn't have this kind of revelation. Most of us didn't have this kind of insight and most of us didn't have this kind of wisdom. So Lord God, thank you for this wisdom. Remember, you can go to YouTube, watch it again, slow it down and take notes. When you take notes, I'm a teacher by trade. When you take notes, it puts more mem memorization in you so that you can grow in greater grace and who you're called to be in Jesus Christ. Two things. If the Lord places it on your heart to partner with this ministry, do me a favor. Go over to the website, lmjministries.org, and you can give there. Or you may cash app us, dollar sign, L-M-J-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-Y. Thank you for all of y'all who served in Feed the Streets this weekend. Remember, we won't do Feed the Streets in November, but we will turn around and serve a family in December. So stay tuned for those of you who partner with us. Um, thank you for your continuous giving. It is transforming and changing lives and helping us to continue to get the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. Second thing, if you're looking for a transformation today, I want to introduce you to Jesus. This is not a fiction of my imagination. The Jesus I love and the Jesus I serve transformed my life and is doing so daily. When I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it was the biggest decision that I could have ever made. And it was the best decision that I could have ever made. And it was um, not clouded in judgment. I was led by the Holy Spirit. And I think if you're here today and you haven't received him, you're led by the Holy Spirit too. And what I want to do is lead you to a deeper relationship with Christ. It starts with your confession of faith, recognizing who Jesus Christ is, making that statement, and then letting me continue to disciple you. If that's you, repeat after me, dear Jesus, I'm in need of a savior. I'm asking you to come into my heart to take away my sins. I promise to love and follow you best I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, send us an email, info at justbeinglmj.com. And we're going to send you some resources and we're going to send you some materials. Um, um, I'm, we're going to send you some materials. And then we're going to be back here live in the morning at 6 a.m. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I feel the power of God this morning. Lord, I thank you for a word that's transforming us. I thank you a word that's loosing us from every stronghold. I thank you in advance that you have broken the power of intimidation off our life. Thank you for that, auntie, that you have broken the power of intimidation off our life, that we will live in the fullness of who you called us to be in Christ Jesus. I'll see y'all back in the morning. Um, oh, I'm sorry for going so long. <laughs> okay, thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, I'll see you back here in the morning, live at 6 a.m. Love. Peace and blessings. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.